The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. He's going to get it eventually. Corey Samhagen does it again. I was just being free, you know, like fighting the way that I want to have fun doing, you know. Corey Samhagen. So Lennox is in red. Throw something up the middle, make him hesitant, it landed. And this right here is a monster, I'm telling you, it's different. Whoa! The big ticket! Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous! Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. As you can tell, it's always terrible for me when Matt's not here. However, when Phoenix, when you're here, I forget that Matt's not here. I'm so happy to see you. Um, so thank you for uh, being a part of the show today. Appreciate it. I am so excited, Jim, because what a great weekend to come back from to talk about fights. What Honestly, an awesome weekend. Yeah, it's, uh, it was crazy how I, uh, the Adesanya fight, you know, like I, I like all the guys we've interviewed. But Adesanya, I really love. Like he's a fighter I've, you know, it's like, you know some fighters you just like more than others. And I don't know Costa. So I was pulling for Adesanya, but I know Paula Costa is very dangerous. And I was, I was literally, I was scared for Adesanya. Costa looks so big and he's so devastating. I was nervous for Adesanya in, in that first round. I was like, oh, fuck. These leg kicks look good, but Paula doesn't look like he's bothered at all, which obviously he was. But could you tell he was bothered by those? Oh, yeah. But it's because I've been leg kicked. Yeah. When you get leg kicked, you reevaluate your choices. I remember yeah. the first time I felt a real leg kick, I was like, why do I do this? Yeah. Why don't I like like floral decoration yeah. or something? What is wrong with me? Because it, it, your perennial nerve is around that area. And he was hitting calf kicks, which are, I almost would say worse, you know? Yeah. So it was, ama- it was amazing. I mean, I, I knew Izzy would win. But I really just expected more of a fight from Costa. So that means that Izzy won the mental battle first. That's what it means to me because Costa was like, ow, my lower leg, even though he didn't show it facially, I don't know how to move. And two, I'm really not sure what to do with this guy. 
And I think a lot of it has to do with Izzy's rhythm changes. So like he kind of hits you slow and then all of a sudden the next kick that comes out or the next strike that comes out is like super speed. I didn't even know what it was. You got to look back at it. So it was just a fantastic game plan on Izzy's part. And um, I think he silenced a lot of people too. It was so smart to start on the legs. And uh, and then Costa, when he did get him up against the cage a couple of times, you know, he threw a couple of flurries, but really nothing damaging at all landed. And, and, you, and you think like, wow, that's got to frustrate him, that even if he can get him near the fence, he can't do anything with him. And uh, Izzy would just slide out, um, and he would get the better of those exchanges. Uh, Adesanya was getting the better of those exchanges as he was pulling away from the fence too. So even against the cage, uh, Costa couldn't do any damage. But those, I love leg kicks like this i think it's my favorite thing in mixed martial arts because john jones did one to me um on the radio show I, I would always get fighters to do moves just to see on a lower level what is wrong with you i, I wanted to see what they felt like like you, you know you don't realize the first one to do was bj and I, I got him to arm bar me while he was sitting in a, in a chair and you don't realize what it is until you till you feel so yeah. much and i on a gentle level i was like oh fuck that hurts yeah. Like the fact that these guys survived this, it just gives you a newfound respect for it. So John was fighting, and I forget who, and he had put me in a, in a he put us in, I think, a, a guillotine, and then uh, he did a leg kick, a, 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 like a shin to my thigh, mm-hmm. literally put me in shock. Like I almost vomited on the console. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. full. I had to go to the bathroom. I was like, I feel I have to shit. Like it, it, yeah. your body just wants to panic and empty out. So they do hurt. Like they don't look like they hurt as badly as they do. Those are, you know, especially if a guy's trying to hurt you. Yeah. It's, it's not just muscular, it's nerve. There's a huge long nerve that runs down the entire leg. Um, I don't, I don't know how you pronounce it. It's peroneal, perennial. Everyone says perennial, it differently, but the, yeah, but that's like definitely a huge part of that. And then also when that muscle cramps up and tightens, it makes it hard for you to move. Yeah. So if you want to stop a power puncher, it, it, it's 100% the perfect thing to do. But the other thing is that you're fighting someone similar to Romero, so and you get criticized for that fight. So what do you do? You learn from that experience and take it into the cage with you. And then when Costa froze for a second, Izzy just looks at him and goes, Romero. And it was like, oh, crap. Like it, what a fun fight written into your legacy now about a correction that you've made as a fighter, you know, the second time around. So, you know, we look at fighters like, and we expect everything to be perfect, but it's almost like your favorite musicians, their careers, you're going to have the hit songs and you're going to have not so hit songs. And the Romero fight was probably not his best song, you know, even right. though it, he did what he had to do to win. And this was definitely like a club banger. Like I think people were like, really saw him put on a perfect performance. They did. And, it was, and a really smart fight. He's a really smart guy. And it almost was like, I think you're right about the mental aspect of it, because I think host is also used to people being afraid of him. You know, it's hard. Not, I mean, Uriah Hall had a great first round against him. If you remember when they fought um, and, and the second round, he tagged him. But Uriah Hall looked incredible against, against uh, him in, the, in that first round. So you definitely can land on him. But I think he's used to intimidating people and being able to to rely on that, you know, that one punch or that one flurry. And uh, Adesanya just won that mental battle. And I think he probably was not expecting either, A, the kicks to be as fast as they were, as accurate or as effective. Maybe he didn't think it would be as painful as it was or whatever it was. Adesanya took him by surprise. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I've said, I think his power shocks everybody. 
but he dropped Brunson, he dropped Whitaker, and then, you know, he actually reminded me that he dropped uh, Gaslam too, and then he fucking dropped Costa. Like, his power, because he's slim, people don't realize the, the amount of power he has. Hey, Corey. Hi, how are you? Good, good. I don't know if you remember me, but I was around during your LFA days. Yep, I do. How are you? Pretty good. Good. You, um, I, I guess right now, are you still, before we start, still doing the podcast with uh, my buddy Mitch? Nah, me and Mitch, uh, we lost a little steam with the, all this quarantine stuff, so uh, we stopped doing it. Um, oh, I like it. You were a good interviewer. That was, I did, uh, Corey had a fun podcast with a, a comedian buddy of mine named Mitch Fatel, and uh, it, it was a fun podcast. You guys asked really good questions. That was, that was a really fun one. Yeah, Mitch was good. Uh, yeah, I just lost steam, man. You know, it happens. Um, yeah, maybe after quarantine, you do it. It, it. it is a tough thing to do when you're trying to just live your life um, and get things. You know what I mean? When you, when, when you don't know if you can go to the store or not. Uh, yeah, I guess it's hard to do like extra curricular uh, shit. Yeah. Any, yeah. Anything besides going to the store isn't allowed anyways. So did you like it? Podcasting in general, either by yourself or with somebody else. Do you, do you like the process of it? Uh, yeah, I enjoy, uh, I enjoy like talking with people about, you know, their lives and stuff, uh, a little bit less like than you probably would if you were just, you know, crossing paths with them in the day to day, you know, like I talk to you guys about more, I don't I don't want to say important stuff, but deeper stuff than like, you know, than I ever would if me and you were just kind of friends outside of there and didn't ever get to sit down. So I enjoyed that part of the process. What are your favorite topics to like talk about when you talk to people? Uh, I mean, our podcast was a lot about like uh, the psychology and like just life stuff in general and hardships and uh, overcoming the hardships. And uh, so all of that stuff, you know, that's really up my alley. I enjoy talking about that stuff. Yeah, it's weird. Like uh, you do ask questions because it's a more, uh, I guess, formatted discussion. Like if we were just hanging out talking, we wouldn't be asking the questions in the same. But then again, I wouldn't be asking you fight questions the same way either. Um but, but it's weird that like people answer you like that always was weird to me too. Like, fuck, I've interviewed people who wouldn't spit on me if I saw them at a party in the Hollywood Hills. And yet on, in this venue, like you ask them and they're like, yeah. And they answer you and they'll actually consider it. And that's what I like about it. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy that part too. Yeah. How you guys, where's Matt? Matt's uh, still in Abu Dhabi or what? I, I think yeah. Matt is probably arguing uh, with a coach uh, over in, in Abu Dhabi. Uh, he's still there. He was doing that, Dana, looking forward to a fight. He was, he was out there with him and Dean Thomas. And uh, did you see the vi- – I didn't see the episode, but Matt sent me the video of him getting into it with Diego Sanchez's coach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Matt sent me that. He's like, don't, don't put this out. We're going to put it on the show. But Matt is the fucking real – there's like zero bullshit with Matt Sarah. No. I, don't, I don't think I've ever met a more real or honest guy than Matt. Yeah, people like that are important to have in the world, man. They are, and it's good when they like you. Like, Matt's a great guy. Matt sucks if he doesn't like you because you can't pretend he likes you. But Matt's amazing if he likes you because he, he, you, you know, Matt always, you know exactly where you stand with Matt. With Matt he has zero poker face, like zero poker face. Can't, can't fake it for a second. No, that's why I love him. He's, <laughs> I think he's probably the realest person I've ever known. I like the, the most consistent person uh, you know, whether it's with other fighters, with people in general, I, I'd have to say Matt's the most consistent guy I've ever met. Yeah, that's and cool. that's what that's what's funny too about like the fight game in general. It's like sometimes you can tell when someone's doing it like a disingenuous beef, and uh, I don't really feel like you've had a lot of that, Corey. Like, you know, like Jan, um, 
for example, he, he, he doesn't speak English, but when he has to like talk, you know, crap about somebody, all of a sudden he'll like say stuff in like English words. How would you handle if someone's going to come at you with that type of theatrics for fight week? Uh, I mean, it would depend if it was during the fight week. Uh, I'm in, I'm in go mode, you know, during that week. So it's more of like a, uh, if it's fuck me, then also fuck you, you know, but if <laughs> yeah, sitting on my couch and someone like tweets something and, uh, you know, and it comes out of nowhere, then I could really care less. Like, I'm not going to let that ruin my day. But, uh, during the fight week, it, it has a different, uh, I mean, your mind is just in a different place. So, uh, you react differently than you would if you were just chilling at home. But as far as all of that stuff goes, like, um, it would be really ingenuine for me to kind of retaliate in a way that I feel like you know, wasn't really myself. I've never really been like a really good trash talker. So it's always been like, okay, this person had something to say to me. How mad did it make me? Did it make me mad enough to want to run over and hit that guy? And if it did, then we're just going to fight. I'm not going to say anything back, you know? Uh, and how are you feeling about your first main event? I think this is your first main event, right? Yeah. First main event. I'm pumped about it. Uh, I was really grateful that the UFC allowed me to, you know, come off of, uh, such a, you know, kind of blah loss, you know, and, uh, and come back and be a main event. So I'm pretty pumped about that. I think, um, I think that that says a lot where I stand with them and, yep. uh, I'm excited about it. Yeah. I thought the same thing too, because, you know, you can always tell how they, how they feel about somebody after a loss and, uh, you know, is it easier as a fighter when, you know, Aljo got, he got your back. I mean, everybody knows he's great in the back and it happens. It's like getting caught. Is that like one of those ones where you can just, uh, like, I, I know that's not normally the way I would have, that fight would have went down. It would have went, you know, three rounds, four rounds, whatever would have happened. How do you process that when something like that happens? Cause you know, you're a better fighter than a first round loss. Yeah, sure. It's, it's difficult, uh, because you want to find, I mean, your, your mind wants to find reasons that it got messed up more than maybe than what it did, you know, because we're so result-based, you know, like yeah. everything, oh, did you win or did you lose? And there's no kind of like in between that. But uh, for me with that last fight, it was more about like, I made the mistake of not going in and in a, in a headspace that was intense enough to fight. I was, a, I was way too calm in that going into that, that fight and warming up and all of that. So uh, that led to a mirage of technical errors. And uh, I wanted to be at home, like, and I, I kept asking my coach, I bugging my coaches, like, hey, man, like, am I, re am I bad on the back? Like, am I bad at wrestling? Am I, am I really not that good, you know? And they're like, no, man, like, you need to just get it out of your head because you just weren't awake, you know? Like, you just weren't ready to go. And, like, that's your own fault, and you need to learn from that. And uh, that, that's where I'm at, you know? Like, I, 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 I didn't have enough experience, and I wasn't good enough on that night as far as experience goes uh to be able to you know do well against such a high level opponent you know that's so interesting that you say that because i've heard fighters say that before that i i wasn't awake enough or nervous enough and it's 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 weird it's like why do you think that happens sometimes why would you be almost too calm it's it's like that yin and yang thing you need enough of that adrenaline to be in that fight or flight mode where you see everything that's coming at you but you also need to be chill enough that you're not you're not going to be you're not going to have an adrenaline dump so like where do you find that how are you going to look for that in this next fight yeah i mean everyone's line is different right like some people are going to perform in a more calm state. Like uh, if you look at Alistair Overeem, like I, I would argue that Alistair fights really close to how he walks around day to day. You know, like he's, he's definitely more intense obviously than that, but 
on the on the, on a scale, I would argue that Al- Alistair is definitely on the more calm side of things, and that comes from probably being really experienced, uh, being a more of a tricky guy instead of necessarily like a, a an aggressive guy. And then uh, you have other people that like if they don't have that intensity, then they're just not going to do very well. And uh, I don't really know who to use as an example for that. I, I guess maybe you could argue that Diego Sanchez is a little bit like that, like right, like you don't kind of see the same type of like him punching himself in the head before the fight and he hasn't really been doing that well you know and, and there could definitely be other reasons for that of course too but um everyone's line is different and you need to figure it out and uh I definitely learned a lot about myself and where I need to be on that uh on that on that uh spectrum and um you know like that you, you don't really learn any other way other than making that mistake and while that sucks it's also like at least I I learned a lot in it and you mentioned over him too that was a good example because when you think about him, isn't he? He's the guy who's avoided certain traps that I think guys who hit hard fall into, which is relying on a big, heavy right or one punch. And you see, guy like you know Tyron Woodley, I, I think, kind of fell into that where I think he doesn't want to go down, and he's kind of hoping for that big punch. And against a guy like Darren Till, who stands up, uh, he got it. But against uh, you know Burns or Usman, it's hard. Whereas Overeem just hasn't fallen into that. Like he's. You know, he's going to put you up against the cage and drive those giant knees into you. And he's just such a smart fighter that as he's gotten older, he's kind of adjusted and he's not just relying on one punch. I think you're right about that. I I think as you get older, you need to get a lot more clever because you're not going to have the same, you know, you're not going to have the same types of abilities that you did when you were younger. And when you're fighting someone that's younger then you're, you know, you have to have something and like that, that comes in the form of, uh, a bunch of other stuff, but usually it's it's just being able to out trick and out clever and out experience people. And as of right now, I think you're five or four. Sorry, you're number four, and and Marlon is number one. Um, which again, what a great show that that shows how the UFC feels about you. Is uh, all right, you have a rough night, but they still know how good of a fighter you are, and they're like, we're going to give you the number one guy. It looks like it's going to be Aljo uh, Purian. I mean, that's just what I'm guessing, unless they have something that I'm not aware of. Uh, that to me seems like the next logical fight. But I mean, I'm wrong half the time anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, you don't really know what they're going to do until contracts are signed. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I think that that's likely. I mean, that makes the most sense. That probably should be the case. Um, and then depending on when that is, hopefully I can do really well against Marlon and then maybe do one more against kind of these uh, these guys that have been around for a while that are still killers, you know, get one of those guys and then hopefully fight for a belt in the summer or springtime. Now, are you, uh, when are you heading over to Fight Island? Like, are you happy to be do- doing that? Because there's such an interesting time in history. Um, it's, it's a weird thing. 35 years from now, you'll be talking to fighters. Like, like this, this little block of history will probably never happen again. So are you happy to be going there or is it like, ah, oh, fuck, I hate, I don't want to travel. At first it was, oh, fuck. And then I was like, well, yeah. you need a good attitude about this. But uh, only because um, some of my family wanted to come to Vegas and Vegas is a two hour flight, not a 16 hour flight, you know? Right. Um, but no, man, I'm, I'm actually really excited about it. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting and I think that it's going to come with some adversities and stuff. And uh I think it's going to be cool. Like the Island looks cool. I think it's just going to be like a fun experience and yeah, it'll definitely be one of those where like it's a little chunk in history that I get to be a part of. And yeah, that's, 
Yeah, that's really cool. I was going to say, have you been training with Ryan Hall at all for this? I, I know I read that somewhere and I thought, I mean, what, a, what an awesome person to train with and to learn from. Yeah, me and Ryan, uh, I usually go out there a couple or maybe for like a week every couple months. Um, but yeah, I love training with Ryan. Like uh, the guy is, I, I, I don't really know how to speak highly enough of that guy. Like uh, the fact that he's uh, not like a way bigger name in the MMA community is really interesting to me. Uh, I also, you know, like, I, I don't know. He, as far as like st strategy wise and like having a mind for fighting and like, like the, the art of war and uh, just being able to like tactically break down, like not only people, but like the way that the trend of combat sports is going and stuff is just like remarkable. Like the dude is definitely like a, a savant or a genius. I don't know if he'd let me say that about him, but I, in, in my eyes, he's, he's a genius for sure. It's yeah, funny, no, I definitely uh, agree with that. I definitely agree with you that. On an eight-fight win streak, um, you know, he's, uh, I, I think he lost one and, and then he's won eight straight fights, so you're right. I, unless it's because, you know, he fights an interesting style. Like, a lot of times he's always going, uh, he's on the floor a lot, kind of trying to bring people down. Um, and I think fans look at that sometimes and they go, what the fuck is he doing? Like, they don't, you know, they don't understand that when he gets a hold of the leg, it's just an ugly, ugly thing. Um so people don't understand, I think, all the time why he's kind of rolling in, into into people's legs. So maybe that's why. I mean, I don't know, but he is a very fun guy to watch. Um, yeah. And a very – you see that bar fight he had or whatever? Like the guy was – it's almost like – you, you Overeem had one of those two where like six bouncers wound up in the hospital. And you wonder like what the fuck are these guys thinking? Like I guess you don't know who you're dealing with, but uh, what bad luck to be yelling at some guy and it's Ryan Hall. Yeah, that would uh – he, he's one of those, you know how there's like, there's different levels of jujitsu. There's different levels of grapplers and there's like, yeah, you're like lower belts and then you have like black belts and like black belts are good. And then there's like good black belts that compete. And then there's just like freak black belts. Yeah. Like he, he's one of those freak black belts where it's like, if he can grab you, he, he's going to finish you. And like, that's, that's in, you know, it's just crazy. Like that level is crazy. And unless you like experience that there's, you know, you, you, you probably don't get it, but it's like when that guy can grab you, he can, he can do something and, and submit you for sure. Do you anticipate like a, a grappling with Marais? I mean, I know that Marlon is so popular for his sort of amazing standup. We did see him have to deal with Cejudo. I was so surprised that Henry was able to get the plum, the, the tie clinch on him and utilize that tie clinch. But I'm wondering, looking into this next fight with you, how do you think Marlon approaches this? Uh, I don't know, you know. Um, I'm going in without really having any expectations of what he's going to do. Um, I think that that creates, like, the most creativity and uh, the most open space in my head for me to do what I can. Um, so I'm going in kind of not expecting what he's going to do. The guy also hasn't fought in, I think, over a year or two, so – who knows what he's gotten good at or what he's gotten worse at or, you know, like, uh, so I'm going in with, with a really open mind. I don't know if it's going to be grappling. I don't know if it's going to be all striking, you know, I, I'm going in with kind of my game plan and, uh, that that's about all that I'm, I'm, I'm counting on. So are you a big tape watcher or do you not like to watch it or do your coaches watch it for you and just kind of give you, uh, you know, little pieces here and there? Uh, my coaches will watch a lot. I, I watch a little bit, uh, I don't, I don't go as far in depth as like, um, some people, but that's just because I fight a little, or well, I, I would argue I fight much better when I just do my thing and quit worrying about what other people do. And, but there's other people, uh, that I think aren't like that. I think that like, 
the the really thinker type of people that like to fight a little bit slower. I think that they do much better if they watch a bunch of tape and know what the person's going to do. Uh, for me, I don't like that. I like to just like program a bunch of stuff and then go out and do it. Um, but but my coaches will watch a lot of tape and then uh, they'll mimic the way that they move and 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 I have training partners that are really good at mimicking uh, other people's styles too. So I'll have them do that and then. Uh, and then we'll kind of just figure out how to how to beat that type of movement, and that that's kind of as far as I go with uh, studying what what the other person is doing. Yeah, because I've heard both both kind of philosophies about that. I go back to the Jones Cormier a lot, just because he talked about they saw something. I think in tape where where DC was dipping a certain way. I think he. I want to say was he dipping to his left or his right? Yeah, I, don't remember. No, I think it was his left. And 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 Jones kind of caught that. So that was one of those things. Maybe it's something that you just kind of keep an eye out for. You know, you don't structure the whole fight on it, but you just kind of know it might be there, and you and you look for it to be there. But yeah, I've also heard of guys over preparing, um, and you're expecting something to happen, and then the guy is doing something completely different. Yeah, there's there's also. I mean, there's. There's like obvious technical errors too. Like if you know what you're doing, like there's obvious technical errors that are really easy to see that uh, definitely can be capitalized on. Um, but uh, Marlon doesn't have a ton of like defensive technical errors, I would argue. So right. there, there isn't a lot to even really game plan for as far as like he does one specific thing, you know, incredibly well. He does, he does everything pretty good. So it's like, uh, it's one of those things where it's like, if if you spot something like that, then yeah, it's really easy to see and definitely capitalize on that. But if it's uh, Marlon's really not that type of guy. I also think you don't want to psych yourself. Like I, I'm sure some guys do it where you watch somebody and you watch so much tape on them that almost like they seem like more than they are. Like you know, you yeah. it's also got to be when you walk in there, you want to respect your opponent, but I'm sure you don't want to be in awe of somebody either. Yeah, that's true too. Uh, yeah, you definitely don't want to watch their highlight reels. <laughs> 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 uh, I think Phoenix, actually, you were there uh, I, when I fought uh, Tahino Gaval. Yep. Yeah, I fought him, and the only tape that we could find on him was his highlights. So we watched that, and it was just like not, knockouts in the first round, just over and over and over and over again. And I was like, "You guys think that this is a good idea?" Take this. <laughs> They're like, "Yeah, yeah, we should do it." And I was like really because all we've seen is three minutes of him just knocking people out over and over again. Uh, but also at the same time, that made me really not want to get hit. So, you know, I don't know, maybe there's a balance there. Yeah. Then you can maybe take him deep, take him into the second, third round. You know what I mean? Like if you see a guy knocking everybody out in the first round, you're like, all right, well, fuck it. Let's see how he does in the third round, the fourth <laughs> round. Yeah. The ele elevation though, I get, always gave props to, I mean, going to Colorado was probably one of my favorite places of going to in the world because you got elevation there and you got factory X plus Colorado is like one of these places where I just feel the healthiest when I'm there, you know? Yep. So can you talk about like what it's like to kind of train there, even through quarantine? It, it's just, it's just an amazing place. Yeah. Colorado's, uh, I mean, you notice it, you notice like when you, when you're fighting at a high elevation and you go to a lower elevation, you will notice it. Um, Usually, like, when guys will come in uh, and train for a couple weeks or whatever, usually it takes them, like, three or four weeks for them to be like, oh, my God, <laughs> real, you know? <laughs> like, uh, so, yeah, so, I mean, that brings confidence, too, you know? Like, uh, fighting a five-round fight for me or fighting a three-round fight for me, you know, is, uh, hasn't ever been an issue. Um, 
maybe a five round fight will, I don't really know, but uh, that definitely brings out some confidence. And then just in general, Colorado is like a really just a sporty place, you know, like we have the mountains, everyone does a bunch of stuff outside. And if you don't do a bunch of stuff outside, usually you're getting shamed on the internet for not going outside on a nice day or something. So uh, yeah, it's just like a sporty high elevation place. Yeah, definitely really healthy, but uh, yeah, I love Colorado. Most days of sunshine, I think out of all of the States too. I like Colorado, but I don't feel the way you guys do being athletes. Like when I'm there, I feel like I, I have a, a bird lungs. It's very hard for me to, uh, the first time, the first show or two I'll do if I'm there for a week, it's always like you got to pace yourself. And sometimes you're talking like, oh my God, I, I, there's no air left. I, I, I'm out of breath. So you got to really adjust to that. Even just doing little walk around shit. It, it's for <laughs> not, not athletes like me. It is not easy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Corey, before we let you go, the bantamweight division is fun as hell right now, and you're a part of it. If all goes well, you're probably going to be fighting for the title. If not, where do you think they're going to wind up matching you up? Do you think the Frankie Edgar fight might happen? Do you think Dominic Cruz comes back and, and makes an appearance? It, and, and what would you actually want? Well, there's, there's, I mean, there's those big names out there, right? There's like... Uh... There's Aldo, there's Frankie, there's Cruz, and then TJ's coming back in January. So there's like, right. there's four people there that are definitely huge names that uh, are up there. And I think that it's likely one of those guys that I see them pairing me up with after this. Um, I could definitely see them doing me and Frankie because that was already previously talked about. And uh, Frankie looked really good in his last fight. Um, so he definitely, you know, like he's in it. It's not like he just... Uh, is here just for some promotional, like promoting the division. Like the guy I think could be fighting for a belt pretty soon. So, um, so the, so I could see them doing probably me and him afterwards, but I, I, I try and like, I like just going into a fight too. I try to have like an open mind with everything because I don't want to have my heart so set on one thing and then have it not go that and still have it be a good, a good option, but not as good of an option as before. And then have that like ruin that still good option. So that's kind of how I try to keep things in my head, you know, because anything can happen in the sport. Wow. TJ's back in January. It's been two years. Yeah. Wow, man. I guess, you know what? It's funny too. This last X amount of months or six months, you didn't even notice the fact that, yeah, it's a half year that's gone by already. I wonder what he'll, I mean, obviously we'll see what he has when he comes back. Um, he'll either look great or you'll realize, oh, there was something else going on there. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be, who knows, you know. Well, look, man, when do you leave for uh, Abu Dhabi? We leave Wednesday morning. Well, have a good trip out there. And, uh, you know, I hope you, uh, I hope you, I'd like to see you do well in this fight. And I'd love to see you win this. And uh, be really interesting to see who they match you up with after this, if you get the win. Um, and good luck, Corey. It's always good talking to you. Yep, nice talking to you guys, too. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll see you guys afterwards, okay? Okay, buddy. Yeah. Have a good trip. Bye, Corey. Yep, see you guys. This episode of UFC Unfiltered is brought to you by P3, the official protein snack of the UFC. P3 Portable Protein Packs are a savory and crunchy combination of three dynamic sources of protein from meat, cheese, and nuts. Each P3 pack contains up to 13 grams of protein, and they come in great tasting combinations like turkey, almond, and Colby Jack. P3, three dynamic ways to fuel your day with protein-packed meat, cheese, and nuts, because three is better than one. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters 
both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. And we didn't talk, by the way. We talked a little bit about uh, the main event, the co-main event. I mean, I had Adesanya, but I did take um, Reyes in the co-main. And that was a like a highlight knockout like the, the legs wobbling like that's like when you're pretending to get knocked out boy that and again but it was set up with the kicks those yeah. awful fucking body kick is there anything that looks better than a well-placed body kick and i've never seen a bruise like that in, instantly Quick. form i've never seen yeah. one that ferocious it was you're like is he bruised already that's i think the first thing that we said and how devastating that kick was twice and yeah. when you get hit to the body right away it's it drains the battery it's like if you looked at a video game the energy bar would have went and like the second that happened and then it happened again yeah and then if you watch the the punch in slow motion his nose goes to the other side of his face. It was like when Donald Duck or Daffy Duck's bill just like went yeah. to the side of his face. Like that's what it looked like. I love Dominic Reyes, so I, I actually really feel bad even saying that. But just if you're watching the fight and you break down how horrible that punch was, I mean, when you look at Blahovich, it's like, I'm proud of the dude. He's 37 years old. He lost the first four out of his six fights in, in the UFC. Yep. He's been around a really long time. He's had an exceptional career up until this point. I mean, I wonder what type of champion he's going to be when you look at that division and who and who's up and coming. I, I doubt John comes back to fight him. You don't put on weight to go to heavyweight and then have it take it off. It's really hard to put on muscle, especially somebody you know as lean and with a fast metabolism and, as John Jones. So I highly doubt point. that's going to happen. But um, it was still like, I thought I thought Blahovich would would go into the later rounds. I didn't think it was going to be an easy win for him. I thought Reyes was going to move more, so I had Reyes. But yeah, I mean, I'm proud of that dude. <laughs> yeah, obviously, uh, I, you know it's funny. Maybe John did put weight on. I haven't seen him, but when he said I might have to go back and get my belt, my first thought was this whole stepping aside thing was uh, just a ruse to let someone else get the belt. So now John is coming back and fighting for the, to get the belt. Um, it wouldn't surprise me either way. You might be right. He might've put the muscle on and stayed heavyweight or his whole thing was he couldn't find a matchup. I think that was going to pay him what he wanted. And maybe he feels like coming back to fight for the belt will be a bigger payday or a bigger event. Like John is coming back. I don't know. That's just a stupid guess, but, um, no, no, I, I could see, I could see like why you would say that. 
I mean, that, that is a, a possibility. I didn't think of that, but yeah, I guess it's a strong That was the first thing I, I thought of, like, yeah. But who do you think in heavyweight? If he fights, because, you know, in Ganu, I, I get that's the fight people would want to see, but I think in Ganu gets Stipe next. Um, what do you think Jones fights the winner of that, or does he have to go through one more heavyweight first? I would hope he fights the winner of that because I would really hate to see Francis sit down any longer than he has to. Yeah. Because he already he is already waited long, and I just think that's super unfair. No, no matter how much we all love John Jones and love to see him in the cage, that's just so wrong to Ngano. So it of should what? be the winner of those two. To oh make yeah, him yeah. Sit and wait, like it's just wrong. It's just it's horrible. Remember the last time I think it was you and I that talked to him, and he was like, "I've been waiting eight months for a fight." And he just did Fast and the Furious and he was losing his mind. Yeah, but then he got Jarzinho Rosenstrike and it's like, they do give you a fight. How about you let it go more than 15 seconds? (laughs) 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 Um, You know, yeah, I think Francis and and Stipe will be next because either way, it's a great, him fighting Francis for the belt is a tremendous push or or, or a big card. Him fighting Stipe for the belt I don't know how either of those fights go. I mean, heavyweight, this it's, you know, 40, 45 yeah. extra pounds, a lot of extra weight. Yeah, they're both terrifying individuals too. And I think John has a hard time against either one of those guys. And, and he's such a skilled, great fighter. And he, I think he's a more skilled martial artist, obviously, than Francis. But Francis shows you when he comes in like that and just and throws a few punches, it doesn't matter. You can't, your philosophy can't be, I'm going to take one to give one with him. It no, no, can't. no, definitely, definitely not. But this, it's fun. Eh? Either way, like, um, you know, we're talking about a lot of interesting possible matchups and super fights and, and uh, it's exciting. If it's not Jones, if it's not Jones, who is his first defense against? Um, well, Tiago is, is, is meant to fight Glover Teixeira. Right, and okay. I think it'll probably be the winner of those two, which makes sense because um, Jan wants to take a break anyway. He's about to have a child. He, you know, he deserves a little bit of a, a break too. So that's definitely the next possible situation. I, I love Santos. And again, especially after what he started doing, his, his kicks – uh, against Jones, and, and then he obviously hurt himself. But that was a really, really fun fight that I wished that he could have figured f- finished healthy, just to see what would have happened. Um, you know, yeah, he uh, he beat Blahovic, uh, TKO'd yep. him, and uh, so that round. might be a rematch for the title, which would be which would be interesting. Any way you look at it, there's some good matchups there to be had. Uh, I really enjoyed. Um, a good friend of mine who fought flyweight division was Brandon Roy Val. That was probably oh. one of the, the most fun fights of the night. Uh, it, it, he's coming out of one of my favorite gyms in the entire country, which is Factory X under Mark Montoya. So that was a super fun fight. I believe he won fight of the night. Um, let me see. Yeah, performance bonus fight of the night. Kai Kai, uh, Kai Kara. France versus Brandon Roy Val. So Roval always fights crazy like that. Like he's just super creative and lives moment to moment. And it just has that fiery uh, energy in him. Someone called him like a lost Diaz brother. I was like, that's, that's, that's kind of perfect. <laughs> moment to moment is a great way. It's, it's like the way Alex Caceres fights. It's like, it, it's literally like you feel like the guy is just making fuck, like looking at his watch and making immediate decisions on the fly. 
which is always, uh, those guys are so, they're probably very hard to prepare for because they're completely unpredictable because they don't know what the no, fuck they're going to do. No, but he, he fights off of instinct. He's really hard on himself. He's always been like that, which is why Mark Montoya is a perfect coach because Mark Montoya has a, a like a, a father figure type of coaching style where he's not mean to you. He tells you the absolute truth, but when he does it, he's like super supportive. Uh, if you guys ever have an opportunity to have him on the show, he is a fascinating coach to talk to. You know, most of the coaches have always, the ones we've had on have been very, um, you know, they're, they're, they, I guess they don't, they don't do as many interviews as their fighters, so they're always mm -hmm. pretty willing. Um, although I, I don't think Diego's uh, will be coming on. God, I love Matt. Hey, listen. Matt at one point said to him, Matt goes, this isn't going to get any better. <laughs> Why don't we just... <laughs> Matt, Matt just can't fake it. Like that's the beauty of him is like, that's how, you know, with Matt, like there's just, there's, if he likes you, you, you know, it's real. If he doesn't like you, he cannot pretend he likes you. He just can't. So we have to talk about Diego Sanchez, but we have to talk about it and it's uncomfortable to talk about, but I think that that's when you kind of know it's time to hang up your career. When fight fans are uncomfortable watching fights and, and that's, that's to me is the, is the sign. And if we go back to what Sanhagen said, like losing that fire in him, but why, why do you lose it? Sometimes it's actually age hormones, all that type of stuff. It, it, it could be all of those things. And perhaps this coach is not pushing the right buttons either. You know what I mean? And I think that when Matt did criticize him, that's what yeah. he was criticizing. Matt, because again, Matt back goes, it's silly. I don't know what they showed in the actual, because Matt sent me the, the full. <laughs> Matt, Matt said, it's, it's silly. Your training is silly. And then he goes, hey, you look, Diego, I hope you make some money off him. Yeah. Like Matt just, oh, fucking Matt. When Matt he turns the knife, it. oh, he let him have it. But Matt has been very critical of the guy's technique as well. Um, who, who knows? Um, I, I guess we'll see what happens for him next. Yeah. Uh, interesting that the, uh, the Connor... Uh, possible Sanchez match. You know, again, I didn't think that was cool to uh, put out Dana DMs. Uh, but, you know, I, I love the way Dana handled it, though, because Dana was like, it, it, he basically was saying, if we set up that fight, you know, we lose our promoter's license, you know, basically saying, like, it, this is not good. You know, at, a, at the point where Diego's at, if he is going to live out his contract, he should do, like, a legend store, tour work with another sure. grappler, show off his grappling. Like I, you don't want to see him get pounded in a corner for, you know, a, a, a half of the end of the last round. Like it's hard, it's heartbreaking. So yeah, I, 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 I'm really surprised Connor would want to fight him in the first place. He's weird. Connor and Diego is still a dangerous guy. Like, you know, he, he's still a guy if he gets a hold of you. Sure. Like if he gets a hold of Connor and put him down, he can absolutely submit Connor if he, you know, He's, he's not an easy fight, I don't think, for anybody. Even though he hasn't looked great, he's still a very dangerous guy. Um, but, yeah, that's just not a big enough. There's no title implications. Um, you know, and, again, the fight I've been wanting for a long time is, of course, I want Gaethje. I want Gaethje Connor more than I want Gaethje Habib. Um, I really want to see that fight. Yeah, um, I, I, I definitely hear what you're saying, Jim. I'm not questioning Connor McGregor's talent at all. Like, I, I always say, like, oh, no, no. like no matter what, you can say about him outside the cage. He's one of the most talented athletes, you know, we've seen. My right. criticism has always been him not defending the titles and him jumping around to do other things. 
But then again, yep. he jumps around and does other fantastic things. Like if he does fight Manny Pacquiao, that's kind of fantastic for somebody who has only boxed once and you boxed Floyd Mayweather. Like, okay. So yeah, it's kind of amazing, but it's also like Diego Sanchez, uh, you had so many other people around your ranking when you were ranked in the first place. It just, it's weird. I think with Sanchez, it's a bad fight because no one, not that no one cares because he is a legend, but it's like, I'd rather see you fight Ferguson. Yeah. I'd rather see a rematch right. Habib. I'd rather see you fight uh, a, a fucking Gaethje. Um, there's so many more. Dan Top Hooker. names in your division or whichever division you decide you want to come back and fight at. Like, you Absolutely. Know? Yeah. Although I don't have any desire to see, again, I know I'm crazy. Uh, a third fight with Nate. I, you know what I'd like to see is Masvidal fight Covington is a fight that I that's, would love that's to in see. The, it's in the works right now because I don't think they could get the Diaz deal done. That is in the works right now, and it'll be over uh, who, who um, the president likes more. <laughs> so you can, like, win, you can win that shit too. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I do want to see that fight too. And with Covington's ability to control the cage, you know, it, would he beat Masvidal? Or is Masvidal striking going to be too fast, too much for him? Oh, Colby is a great fighter. I, I mean, I find him so irritating off on like on mic and, and unnecessarily so. It's like, because he's fun to watch. Like he's a smothering, dangerous guy. Like you, you can't not enjoy watching him. But like when you watch him yelling at Usman, and, and Usman did really hurt his face. Um, you know, just yelling it's, it's like silly. It doesn't make me want to see him fight anymore. It's like, ugh, what are you doing? What are you doing? I don't buy it. Um, I don't, not from you. I mean, from him. I don't buy, like, I think he has that like little bit of like a, a you know, kind of a shit talking spirit, but it doesn't feel organic at all. It feels like a costume. And that's why I think people dislike him. And that's why I think people liked Chael. Like people, even people who hated Chael, knew that it was real. Like, you know what I mean? Chael is just too smooth. He's too fucking good. Or Connor, another guy who's, but when Connor loses or when Chael would lose, they are just, there's something about them that you like. Like, you know, that's when I started to like Connor was after he lost. And he goes, ah, he was the better man after he, he lost to Nate, I think. I was like, ah, yeah, I respect the way he's handling his loss. But a guy who just stands there and screams and won't shake, it's almost too, it's too WWE. It doesn't feel like what I like about UFC fighters. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I respect WWE athletes because they're sure. massive and they can do what they do. But I don't respect like when people are theatrical for no reason. When a beef is real, it's like hilarious or, or it's, it's, it's interesting. Like DC, DC Jones, I, I loved that rivalry because there was like a real... Yep storyline behind it but when it's like fabricated it to me it's like ah this is not what i'm watching right and, and i want to see i'll tell you and again matt and i i'm going to mention him every show leon edwards uh i mean a gentleman just sipping tea i want to see leon edwards fight i mean i want to see him fight masvidal i want to see him fight fucking colby uh i, I want to see him fight anybody i i love leon edwards i don't think he's uh maybe he's just it's harder to market him because he's quiet and a gentleman i don't know i mean i can't imagine why he's not getting well it, it mean to be fair he was supposed to fight and then COVID Woodley, yeah. happened 
So it, that necessarily wasn't his fault. And that was a fight that was in the rankings of where it was supposed to be anyway. So, so, and he suspects that he's going to go end up fighting in December. So that means that something is in the works for him right now. They're talking about it being wonder boy, which, which makes a lot of sense. And then wonder boy had like this, the most polite call out ever on Twitter. He was like, hello, dear sir. I, I would love to fight you because I respect you and I think it would be a great fight. And then he was like, oh, wow, guys, that was my first call out ever. Feels weird. <laughs> and it was like, I mean, but it makes sense. Like, look at where they are. Wonder yeah. Boy has always hung up there in the top of the rankings, stifled by those two fights with Woodley. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. What you, is that soccer in the background? It's hard to see. Yes, sir. It's funny. That's the one sport. I think I pretty much only watch MMA now. Um, is soccer something you love or something that's just on and you need to watch sports? I love soccer. You do? Yes. Did you ever play it? No, I, I never played. Um, but I just, I don't know. I just, for like the last like four or five years, I've just really been obsessed with the sport. Um, I toured Old Trafford like two years ago. And it was just an amazing experience. So, I don't know. I just, I just like it, man. I don't know what it is about it. Have you ever been to a so- – I wouldn't mind going to a live soccer game because the fans are just very entertaining. Um, it's like yeah. they said hockey is really fun to watch live, too. Have you been to a live soccer game? Yes. I, I mean, well, no, I haven't been to a live uh, soccer game, but I've been to live hockey games, and I love hockey as well. I'm just a sports guy, so. You are. Um, yeah. I, be- I become a bandwagon fan. Like, you know, I was a Cowboy fan my whole life, you know, and now it's so, Same. it's such a relief to not give a shit. I kind of turned on them after they got rid of Jimmy Johnson, um, you know, after, and, and Switzer won, but uh, now it's, there's no pressure. It's great to not care. Yeah, dude. I mean, we're terrible right now. We, I don't know how we're winning. Uh, we're getting the luck of the draw right now. I mean, we got so much talent, but we just, for whatever reason, man, we can't get it to click. I thought Mike McCarthy would help us, but. It's something about Jerry Jones, I think, that's affecting our team, man. When you have an owner that is just always kind of needling in and putting in his like and wants to be a coach, when an owner wants to be a head coach, that's an ugly combination. <laughs> yeah, dude. It, 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 it creates a, um, a lot of confusion, to say the least. I always think of like the, the Shug Knight analogies, like all up in the videos. Yeah, yeah. He's all, <laughs> you, if you want to be with somebody that's not all up in your videos, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, he just, um, 
it, it doesn't show a, a complete complete faith in the head coach when the when the owner is down on the field. You know what I mean? You're supposed to be up there handling business, not standing down there trying to make sure you know you get your uh, your point across. So I think it's affecting our team in a lot of ways. And you know, we like I said, got too much talent to not be doing as well as we should be. And we got we're in the NFC East. I mean. We could really win six games and still make the playoffs this year, which is crazy to me. We should definitely win way more than six games. So, are they one and three right now, or one and two? I, again, I only watched. I, I watched the fifteen-minute um, summary of the comeback win against the Falcons. We are one and two right now, and we could easily be zero and three. Yeah, um, and, and it's 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 kind of upsetting, you know, when I watch us play. And and the crazy part about it is, man, the last couple of years, I won't even tune into the games because. When we started the season, you know, the last couple of years we started undefeated and I'll get all excited and I'll start watching and we, we lose. And so I, I kind of won't watch to see what happens to let us get, you know, our record, you know, really, really good. This year I hadn't really watched and we're still losing. And it's like, I, I don't know what to do, man. I'm still a diehard Cowboys fan though, so – yeah, it is I'm, what it is. I'm more – I'll root for them and no other team. But this is the beauty of loving, like, MMA and UFC – like watching you guys, there's no pressure when I watch guys fight. Like there's guys I like and I root for and I want to see win. But it's a different thing than a team. Like, you know, I, I, I don't feel bandwagon. Like if a fighter loses three fights in a row, I'll still want to watch him fight the fourth time. I don't know why with a team I feel so comfortable not watching anymore. But, man, my life is better. Less pressure, no more headaches. I, I literally was dating a girl. Do you, do you remember – I'm older than you now. Do you remember the Thanksgiving game where Leon let uh, uh, against my <laughs> Miami the snow game? You you remember? Oh that? my god, bro! Yes, I do. <laughs> you just brought back so many bad memories that ruined our whole family's Thanksgiving. Like my family's a cowboy family, and that was just like brutal. Oh, Leon let that guy, man. That was their second. I mean, he did it twice too. Didn't he? Did he do it against the Bills? That, that was in the Super Bowl. Did he do something stupid against the Bills? Like Don Beebe was running with the uh, – no, uh, Leon, I think he picked it off or picked up a fumble and he was running it back and he put his arms out like that. Yeah. And Don, and Don Beebe, Beebe ran up behind him, him and smacked it. Yeah, or smacked it out of his hand or something. Oh. And that would have been the record for most points in the Super Bowl. Oh. I think that would have taken him to 55. But, yeah, that was a rough one. That guy, man, I, I, just we, – we've had some bad luck. I think the playoff curse is definitely on our on our side, man. I mean, Dak's kind of changing it a little bit, uh, but Romo, man, whew, I'm glad. I, I will be honest and say I'm glad Romo's not in there anymore, and I'm glad Jason Garrett's not there. But the thing is, Jerry's not going to hire a coach that's got his own mind. He's going to hire a puppet, and right. Mike McCarthy's very much a puppet. I thought he'd be very strong-minded to start, but then I realized I, what was I thinking? Jerry Jones has got a He's got the Cowboys organization by the ball. So there's no, you know. And, and, and my last Cowboy point before we move into UFC, was that here's when you knew Romo wasn't going to be the guy. He wasn't going to be Tom Brady. I think it was against the Seahawks and there was the fumbled snap. Uh, yes, that's when, when it all went downhill. Yep. Yeah. He got, he got a gun shot after that. I think he just he put so much pressure on himself after that that he could never recover. You know, I mean, it, that was a huge, huge uh, point in his career. I mean, he still had a great career, but he just never became what we thought he could become. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame. Um, but, you know, how are you doing? Are, are you uh, – you seem like you're in pretty good spirits. And how was your camp and, and how is life in general? Uh, things are good, man. I, I, I beat COVID, uh, which is a blessing. Um, and it didn't affect me as bad as I thought it would. 
I'm not gonna lie, when I first found out I had it, I was terrified. I sure. was like, man, I don't know what what's gonna happen, but um uh, I didn't have many bad symptoms. I had a fever one day and I think, you know, a little bit of congestion that was the main thing. Oh. Um so I got over that and camp's been going great, man. We've been training. I think I took a week and a half off to, to fight COVID and we've been training for almost thirteen weeks. So um I'm in great shape, weights. I'm on weight right now. Um, I feel great. And uh, we're ramping it up right now to, to make sure we're peaking at the right time. Yeah, the COVID is very, uh, it, it's scary, I think, because everybody's talking about it. And I love when I hear, because a lot of fighters have caught, got it. And I like when I hear that it wasn't that bad. Did you lose your sense of taste or smell? Yes. That's exactly when I realized it. Because um, there was a, like a three-day period. I, I trained on a Thursday. And I remember being just just worn out, man. I was like, and I just didn't want to be in the gym. And um, I got home, and that night I felt, you know, real sick. And I, I, I was about to ask my wife to take my temp, but I was like, oh, I'll be all right. And then that Saturday I ordered a, a pizza for my kids, and I remember getting the pizza and not being able to smell it. And that's when I was like, oh, crap, I think I got COVID. And uh, so I told my wife that Sunday, hey, let's go take the whole family to the doctor and get checked. Well, they tested negative, and I was the only one that tested positive, and I was like, crap. Um, so, you know, I, it was just one of those things where it was like, all right, it's a small hiccup. You know, I've been through so much adversity. I was yeah. like, man, I'm about to whoop COVID's ass. I don't, I'm not going to let this beat me. Um, I've been working so hard to get in shape and to make sure my camp's going great. You know, I'm going to take this time to take care of my body. Um, I had my family. My cousin, she makes herbal teas. She delivers so many teas, and I was doing all kind of treatments and different things like that. So we whooped COVID and, and we're back on the grind. Did this camp feel, obviously your last camp was so, was so sad. And, and did this camp at least feel a bit more familiar with yeah. what a camp is, is going to feel like from beginning to end? Yeah, for sure. Because last camp, I didn't get a consistent, the consistency I would have liked to, uh, to get where I wanted to be to fight. You know what I mean? That camp was more about, you know, all the stuff that was going on and it's still going on, but um, it was so broken up and segmented because of COVID and we had to move the gym and, you know, it was just, a, there wasn't consistency at all, but I felt like I was in a great space going into that fight. It just, I couldn't focus on the things that I really needed to focus on uh, to be 110% ready. But this camp has been phenomenal, man. We've been grinding every day. Um, my coach is putting me through the ringer. Uh, strength and conditioning has been going crazy. So, um, we're just, you know, we're ready. We're in a different space um, as far as how we feel about going into the fight and how we feel like we can win it. Well, what did you feel like you needed to focus on after the Overeem fight? Um, just conditioning. Um, I felt like I did everything great. I was prepared physically as far as, um, you know, just knowing my game plan. I think I just gassed out, you know, and, and I, it, it, I don't want to make excuses. I'm never the one to be like, oh, I could have did this, you know, but I mean, facts are facts. COVID is a real thing and it affected everybody. And, um, you know, I just, I wasn't able to be in the shape that I wanted to be and going to that fight. I actually had to cut weight for the first time in my career. Um, and that was, you know, not to say the weight cut was a problem, but it was just a different situation walking into the cage. So um, I think, you know, like I said, this camp, I've been, on point, diet, uh, training, my weights. I'm underweight. Like, I'm like 10 pounds underweight right now. So, um, you know, it's just uh, the, the normal feeling is there. You know, I feel like I'm 110% ready and I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait. Do you feel like being a little underweight gives you more speed? And is that something that you're oh, looking yeah. for against Volkov? For sure. Um, speed is always my advantage in this division. I feel like I'm the fastest, most athletic heavyweight in the world. And um, when I'm in my shape, 
I feel like there's not a man on the planet that can beat me. And so when I'm in, you know, this kind of condition, I can push the pace. Um, I can exchange and explode and do the things that I'm really good at and, and push, put the fight where I want it to be. And if I get to a point where I have to use other elements of my fight game, I'm in shape to do that, you know. And I think the ground the ground portion of the, of the game didn't show like I know it could have had I been in the shape I wanted to. You know, those positions I was in, um, had I been in, in my condition, my, my prime shape, I would have been able to fight those positions and, and give Overeem a better test in the second round. But what, you know, what are some we'll of the what are some of the horrible things that the coach is having you do in the gym to um, make you feel like I'm pushing, uh, look, they got me pushing cars. <laughs> they they got me they got me pushing sleds. They got me running sprints on this. We got a new uh, woodway treadmill, and I've broken it in for sure. I'm, I'm doing sprints on that. Um, they got me doing Ironman rounds. I'm doing uh, uh, King of the Hill wrestling rounds. So I can't get out of the middle till I get a takedown on six or seven different people, and they're on me. You know, they're pressuring me. Um, every round is sparring. I'm getting pushed, pushed, pushed. Uh, you know, so I think conditioning-wise, I'm going to be 110% on point. And then I'm riding my bike 20 miles, 40 miles a week, um, which has been a phenomenal thing for me. My brother has been pushing me in that area. Every Sunday we get out and ride 20 miles. So. Um, I feel like I'm going to be on point. I'm lean right now. I feel great mentally. And um, I'm just excited to get back in there and, and right that wrong. You know, uh, I think the world knows what I'm capable of. And I, and I always want to show that when I go in there. And I wanted to ask you, too, uh, you're from Alabama. You, when did, you, you ran for an, an election. You ran for office for city council? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. I ran for city council, man. Yeah. It, it, and we didn't get the win. We lost. It was a close race. Sure. Um, but I jumped in super late. And I literally, if I can be quite frank, did not put any effort into the campaign. Which, <laughs> you know, it was all, it was, it, you know, everybody voted for me because they knew who I was. But, you know, it, uh, it was definitely a, a gift and a, I guess a blessing because I didn't win because it would have taken my focus way, way yeah. far off of fighting. And I didn't realize the magnitude of everything when it, when they came to me with it. Um, but, what I did learn was so I learned so much about just how cities work, um, what the people in my community need, and I'm going to be working with the mayor moving forward, you know, still, even though I'm not holding the council seat, I'll still have an influence in what the city's doing. And then when I retire, that's something I'm, I'm definitely going to go back to because I'll be more prepared to, to take it on. What does a city council person do? Um, so basically we have wards here in, in, in Homewood and I'm, I'm over, I would have been over ward three, which, you know, you just kind of get in touch with the people, see what they need, uh, in this area of Homewood, try to, you know, make Homewood better as a whole, but meet the needs immediately of the people in your ward. And, um, you know, I think that me being as accessible as I am would have been a great benefit. And I think the city realizes that and that's why they've reached out and they want to, you know, continue to, to work with me as far as, you know, bringing some change and, and, and making the people around here happy because that's what it's about. Is the war, is a war, is that, is that more of a Southern thing? Maybe they have them in Northern. I, I've heard of it, uh, I, I think down there in New Orleans and in Alabama, I haven't heard of wards being in a lot of cities or is, is that just a Southern thing or have I just not heard of it in the North? Um, I think it's just a it's classification. Like some, some people call it districts. Uh, oh, you know, okay. You know, so, it's, so it, here we just say ward. Oh, there you um, go. You know, it's just segmented off. And, and so you kind of know what area to take care of because Homewood is not, it's huge, it's big, but it's not that big, if that makes sense. Um, everybody knows everybody, but it's kind of, you know, segmented off. Another term for district. Okay. That's make, that makes sense. So did you give any political speeches? Did you have to like, I did, like, man, I did, I did, uh, I did 
three forums. I did one uh, in person, and then I did two others via Zoom, um, which was really cool to get, you know, kind of a gauge of how politics works and what people are expecting and, and how they feel about the current state of our city. Um, I think overall Homewood is an amazing place. Um, you know, it's, it's like a mini Mayberry in a lot of ways. You know, we all look out. There's, there's things that go on here that need to be corrected. But at the same time, um, you know, it's just a phenomenal place, man. I've been here my whole life and, and everybody here rallies around, you know, each other. Um, and I got to see that going through the adversity with, um, you know, our daughter's situation. But I've always seen it. You know, ever since I was a young child, I, I, people have rallied around my family. We didn't always have money. And, you know, Homewood's a, a pretty affluent city. But there's segments of Homewood, you know, that aren't as affluent as the others. And so, um, you know, I saw people help my mom pay for summer camps and give me a place to stay when she had to work two jobs and things like that. So Homewood's just a phenomenal place, uh, you know, and I want to be a part of helping that stay that way and get better. I know you're working on a lot of like laws and, and change for your community and, and things surrounding what happened with your daughter. Is there any news on, on what's happening with that? Um, yeah. So um, the, the nonprofit is, is moving now. Um, our website should be up within the week. Um, it's, it's, my wife is a, is a stickler for, you know, details. So she's making sure, you know, everything looks right. The logos are right. Um, the literature is right on the website and we're able to give everybody, um, you know, the product that we feel is going to be influential and help and save lives. Um, as far as the case, uh, as everybody knows, COVID has pushed everything back. Um, so I think it's going to trial in January now. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to be able to, to kind of see it come to a, a conclusion. Um, and we're still, you know, like I said, I can't speak in a great detail about it because there is a gag order. And, and that's a lot of the reason I want to say uh, I have been kind of silent about, you know, what is going on. Because I know people are wondering, they're like, you know, what is, what's this, what turns are, are happening? There's things that are happening that I can't really speak about, but um, soon that everybody will, I, I will be able to come out and talk about it. Um, but you know, that we're just working, we're working on our end to make sure we're keeping people safe. We're doing what we have to do as a family, stand together and, uh, making sure her name stays relevant and, and people don't forget about it. That's awesome. And, 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 uh, and politically you kind of found something that you may want to do after you're done. Isn't that great to have a, an idea of what you might want to do? Like I'm always saying guys who are like Paul Felder, like after you're announcing, how do you ever DC, how do you fight again after that great, you know, they're flying you, you don't have to train it's got to be nice to have your eye oh, on something after. Can I answer after. this question for Walt? <laughs> I don't want to answer this question for you, Go Walt. Go for it. Just, just from knowing you about 30 seconds with the TV on in the background, I have a feeling that competition is amazing for you. I have a feeling that it, the cushy life ain't for you. You like the grit. It ain't. I like to compete. I like to compete. Um, I think that, um, you know, my next uh, – Venture will definitely be some area of politics, um, but I'm going to also take the Paul. I'm, go, I'm looking into the Paul Felder route. Uh, I want to get into commentating. Um, that is something that's dear to my heart because I love sports so much. Um, you know, and you can compete in that as well. Um, I want to be anything that I do. I want to be the best at it. And I feel like um, I have people around me that are that are pushing me in that direction. I, I have a guy who used to be uh, a commentating coach. Um, for 20 years, who's offered his services to me. So I'm going to go that route at some point. Um, my buddy Eric Anders, he just did a commentary for FCC or FFC on the fight pass uh, this past week. So 
he's trying to get me on with that and, and just to test my, you know, skills and, and hone those before I go into the next the next realm. You know, I wanna I wanna eventually do some things. I'm gonna train forever. Till my body says stop, I'm gonna train. Um so I think when I'm done fighting, I'll always be doing jujitsu, you know, trying to get better and, and see where I can go and, and different things like that. Well, if I like you put your commentator hat on before you go, what can you tell me Volkov is going to try to do to Walt Harris coming up on October 24th? Well, he's going to try to definitely keep his distance. Um, he's going to try to push the fight into the later rounds to test my conditioning for sure. Um, and he's going to try to stay at range. I don't think he's going to want to engage, um, you know, me too much as far as, you know, coming straight forward because of the speed and the athleticism um, is so varied. Um, I think he's going to try to wear me down. He might try to clinch and, you know, push me against the cage and stuff like that. So we're prepared for all of those areas. Um, I just want to see the best Volkov on the 24th because he's going to get the best Walt Harris. Um, so, you know, I think that's what he's going to try to do and, and see what he can get away with. But we, we're going to be on it. The Black Rocky will be in the building. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to take you deep like, uh, like he did with Greg Hardy, uh, where, where he kind of, you can see Greg a little bit tired and, 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 and fought well, but, you know, you can could, you could see it just wore him a little bit, and he probably will try the same thing. Well, good luck, Wall. We love you. And, 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 uh, love you know, y'all, man. Yeah, you look like you're uh, in, in good spirits and ready to go. And when do you actually leave for uh, Abu Dhabi? Uh, on the 14th of October. Have you been or no? I've never been, and I'm so excited to go, man. I oh, you like are? Three, yeah, three fights ago I, I, when I fought, um, I think it was after I fought Arlovsky, I got the mic, and I was like, please let me go to Abu Dhabi Dana. <laughs> and uh, it's finally happening, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm super excited. I hate it that it had to be under, you know, the pandemic sure. and with all the stuff, but I'm still excited to go over there and see a part of the world that I've never seen. It is cool too that like you you uh you you get to do it because the fighters there's so many fights guys are dropping out there's so many interesting matchups happening so many last minute fights like there's a lot of opportunities for mm -hmm. guys that might not exist before just because of what's been happening and you know guys coach test positive and then the guy has to drop out so yeah it's it's good that you're healthy and uh, you've already been through it yeah man I'm excited man I'm I'm looking forward to the future and uh, the division's wide open right now man and uh. I just see myself in a good position, you know, barring coming off a loss, I'm still right where I need to be. One win puts me right back at, at, at you know, like nothing happened. So that's a blessing. Um, I'm grateful. And I'm putting my everything into every day I have, man, because you never know when it could be over. That's right. Well, we're looking forward to it and uh, we're pulling for you. And uh, we'll hopefully talk to you again and uh, have a safe trip. And uh, I hope you do really well. Yes, sir. It's always good to see y'all. Thank y'all so much. All right. Take care, Walt. Good talking. Shout to you. out Equisearch too, man. All right, well, I'll definitely be looking forward to that fight and so many fights that are coming up. Holly Holmes against fighting again soon. We've got, yeah, yeah we've I mean, got Aldana, the Gaethje yeah. fight coming up soon versus Khabib, which is another exciting one. Just, just, it's, it's, I'm just so happy the UFC has kept me busy <laughs> during the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it great to have fights every, Sanhagen against Bryce? I mean, there's great fights every fucking weekend. Like, it's really amazing how it's just worked out where Fight Island, it was a, a smart thing to do, and uh, it's, it's paying off. And uh, every weekend I got fight. I know what I'm doing every Saturday. And that, which is fine with me because I'm in New York City, so there's really nothing, you know, there's no place I want to go right now, especially with this all happening. I had COVID and didn't know, you know.
I, I, pro I tested and I had the antibodies. So the only thing I could think of was that time where I couldn't smell anything. So that had to be it. Oh, wow. Do you know, I wanted, I wanted, I, I got tested and I don't have it, but I didn't get tested for antibodies. Um, and I want to get tested for those because I was very, very sick after coming back from Italy in January. So I'm hoping I got <laughs> it out of the way. All right, Phoenix. But yeah, this was fun. This was amazing. This is always a good time. Yeah, you're great. I appreciate it. Always have, I love having you on and, and talking. And, uh, and also Walt Harris, uh, such a great guy. And uh, Corey Sanhagen. Uh, I like both of those guys a lot. So thank you to both of our guests. And um, you and I will talk soon. Later. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland. And discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday and French fries are a food group, where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season, where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door, where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.